I'm Dan Clawson, and this is The Zealous Podcast, where everything we do is to inspire and equip the body of Christ for the comprehensive discipleship of the next generations. Thank you for joining us from the very beginning of our podcast journey as a ministry. This episode is somewhat of a milestone for us here at Truth78. We will be covering our seventh and final commitment for the discipleship of the next generations, taken from the book Zealous, which was written by longtime pastor and Truth78 Executive Director David Michael. We pray that our focus in the launching of this podcast on the seven commitments for the discipleship of the next generations has been fruitful in your life and ministry. We praise the Lord for the opportunity to share these commitments with you and are looking forward to many more episodes and conversations together, walking together as the body of Christ in the pursuit of the comprehensive discipleship of the next generations together. Let's listen in now as David, Sally, and Jill discuss the seventh commitment, inspire worship of God for the glory of God. This really brings us to our seventh commitment. And you may recall that when we were working on this back in the summer of 2019, we actually had six commitments. And uh, we were talking about them. And I think it was Jill, you had noticed that we had omitted a very significant component of our overall vision for the next generation. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you saw? Well, what struck me as we were going through these is, what is the chief end of man? As the catechism asks, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And even our vision statement, we want the next generations to know, honor, and treasure God, setting their hope in Christ alone so that they will live as faithful disciples for the glory of God. And, you know, we've used in many of our resources, Psalm 86, about worshiping God. That's what we were created for, to worship God and talking about glorifying him forever. And so our aim and our goal is worship, that we would inspire worship of God for the glory of God in the next generations. I think in those early days, we were so troubled by the way in which Bible stories were being told that really exalted the achievements of men while totally neglecting the work of God in those stories. Psalm 78, we're, we're to declare the praiseworthy or the glorious deeds of the Lord. And yet, as we declared them, we were celebrating the glorious deeds of man while robbing God of his glory and really robbing our children of the opportunity that they had to do what they were created for, namely to worship him. And I think understanding God's passion for his glory was one of those eye-opening experiences. When you talk, Jill, about coming to Bethlehem and having your whole biblical worldview turned on its head almost, it was the reality of God's glory. I knew that we were to glorify God, but I really hadn't comprehended that reality and God's passion, God's zeal for his glory. And I think that's why one... Yet another reason why we're so passionate about this is just 
wanting our children to just get a glimpse, get a taste of that glory. And the way we can do that is the way that we talk about him and the way we talk about his word. Well, and keeping the focus Godward all the time. You know, people think that children, what they really need is a healthy dose of self-esteem. That's a death trap. John uses the illustration of a mirror, you know, looking in the mirror and what the gospel does is take away the mirror and open the window Mm -hmm. to see something so much grander, the beauty of Christ. And so we're robbing our children of their joy by robbing them of putting the focus on the glory of God. And you see this all the time in children. You know, they're captivated by different things. When there would be some exciting program on, and my kids were little, it's like they lost all comprehension of time, of hunger, of everything. They lost comprehension of self because they were so focused on something so awesome that it took their breath away. And we need to do that for our children is they don't need their self-esteem to be stroked up. They need to see God in all his grandeur and glory um, because that's only what will truly make them happy forever. And I think it was several years ago, you did, you gave a message on discipling children with the throne room in mind. And that, that message just, it resonated with me then, and it still is with me today. That's what we're doing. We are discipling children with the throne room in mind. Yeah, I had to look it up, but it was a 2013 conference on the holiness of God. And it was the concluding message from Isaiah 6. And I had been memorizing Isaiah 6 so I could stand up and quote it. And so every day in the year that King Huzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. The train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood seraphim. Each had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. And I remember just that over and over again, just letting that sink in and just, you know, seraphim flying around and throne rooms. I mean, that was so outside of our experience, right? It can almost seem unreal. And realizing that's reality. That will be reality for us all. We will be in that throne room one day. And it can seem so far away or so far-fetched that we hardly even think about it. So I think the challenge was teachers, parents, let's influence our children with the throne room in mind. And Jill, you asked me to, to quote from that sermon. You actually put it in a blog. And so I'll, I'll read here the, the portion that I think you're wanting me to, to share. And then I thought your words following up from that were also very helpful. So looking at our conference guests, every face you see in the classroom or at your kitchen table will see the Lord seated on his throne. They will be confessing Jesus as Lord. They will either be calling to the mountains and the rocks to fall on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, Revelation 6, 16, 
or they will be shouting, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God Almighty reigns, worthy as a lamb who was shane, slain, so that our guilt is taken away and our sin is atoned for. So keeping that throne room in view and keeping that last day in view has become for me a way of keeping a right perspective in ministry to children, youth, and families. This reinforces for me a sense of urgency and a seriousness of our task. Look into the faces of children, or anyone for that matter, and be reminded that this face will one day be in the presence of this holy, high, lifted up God. That head is going to bow. Those knees are going to bend. That tongue is going to confess Jesus is Lord. And then, Jill, you follow up with, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. And I think your nephew had just passed away yeah. of, after a long battle with cancer. And you wrote this, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, when we minister to the next generations, we're dealing with the most weighty truths in the universe. We are preparing them to meet the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. May this reality cause our hearts to go about our task more diligently, earnestly, and prayerfully so that by God's grace, the children in our care will come to know, honor, and treasure God, setting their hope in Christ alone so that they will live as faithful disciples for the glory of God. And maybe that's the best way to bring this delightful conversation to a close. It's been so good just to, just to have these passions stirred up again and to be reminded of this glorious privilege that we've been given and the great challenge that's before us. May God give us the zeal, the passion to press on and Thank you so much, I think, for all the investment that you have made and us together for the joy of the next generation. May the Lord continue to prosper these efforts for His glory and for the everlasting joy of the next generation. Thank you for joining us for this conversation between David, Sally, and Jill discussing the commitment to inspire worship of God for the glory of God. May all of our efforts in the discipleship of the next generations, both in our churches and homes, lead to a greater degree of worship of God for the glory of God, which he is most certainly worthy of. If you missed any of the previous episodes where we covered the seven commitments for the discipleship of the next generations, make sure you go back and take a listen. You can also visit truth78.org backslash zealous. That's truth78.org backslash zealous to receive a free download of the book Zealous, where the seven commitments are outlined in greater depth. Join us next time for a special episode where we discuss Advent and how the church and home can purposefully use the weeks leading up to Christmas and the discipleship of the next generation. Now, may the Lord grant us to be zealous together that the next generations may know, honor, and treasure God, setting their hope in Christ alone so that they will live as faithful disciples for the glory of God.